Welcome to this episode of Sound Bites, a podcast series produced by the National Psoriasis Foundation, the nation's leading organization for individuals living with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. In each episode, someone who lives with psoriatic disease, a loved one, or an expert will share insights with you on living well. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to our podcast and join us every month at SoundBites for more insights on understanding, managing, and thriving with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. My name is Corrine Pettit, and I'm here today to talk about relationships people with psoriasis may have, the appropriate role for care partners, and nuances that come with having a chronic disease. Joining me today is Julie Schaefer, a clinical psychologist in private practice who happens to be a relationship and life coach. Julie helps hundreds of people through relationship and self-esteem issues, improving communication with partners to help make relationships that are understanding and harmonious. Let's hear what perspectives Dr. Schaefer can offer to help you, our listeners, and your care partners. Well, welcome, Dr. Schaefer. Thank you so much for being on Soundbites today. Thanks for having me. So before we begin, what prompted you to become a relationship and life coach? I originally trained as a clinical psychologist with a specialty in health psychology, And I've been in practice for about 15 years, and I've worked a lot with patients who've had psoriasis because early in my career, I got connected with a dermatologist who treated patients with psoriasis. And yet every person I ever talked to always brought up their relationships. And I worked with a lot of other people too, and they brought up their relationships. So I ultimately decided what I needed to be talking to people about was their relationships. And because that's not a mental health issue, it's more of a coaching issue, I am transitioning into being a relationship coach. That makes sense. Yeah. So given your past involvement with MPF, you know psoriasis is a very visible disease and it can affect anyone who has a disease both physically and emotionally. It can affect how someone sees themselves, how they interact with others, and how others respond, which really affects all aspects of life and types of relationships that can be formed. So how can someone with psoriasis overcome their fear of reaching out to others, whether it's family, friends, or romantic interest, or someone like yourself who specializes in being a life coach? Yeah, that's kind of a tough one, I think, because many people, what they're afraid of is the shame and rejection that could come with reaching out. The person might not reciprocate in a way that feels comfortable. So that's really the key there is that what do you do with that um, potential fear and shame or the fear of shame and rejection? What I suggest is to just first and foremost, keep in mind that you're not alone. If the person that you're reaching out to doesn't quite get it the way you want, maybe you can talk to them about it later, or maybe you can find somebody else to talk to. But keep in mind that it's it's that fear and shame that just really, I mean, it's, and we're all human, so we all struggle with it. It's just with when you've got a chronic illness, that makes it hard. It's an added layer. And what would you say is the key ingredient to making any relationship function? I don't know that there's any one key ingredient, (laughs) but I've got a couple that are pretty high on the list. And the two I would say are listening and being respectful. And listening is more than just uh, waiting until the other person's done talking. You're looking for what is that other person trying to tell you? Maybe what are they saying literally, but also what do they really mean by what they say? And then how can I respond to what they mean? 
And then the being respectful part is both understanding where they're coming from, but then also knowing where you're coming from. And so when you communicate, you you come from a place with, well, um, both people, me and you, uh, are worthy of being respected. So those would, those would be the two most important things, I think, yeah. in a relationship. And so if someone's coming from a place where they have a chronic disease, uh, how does that change what you just mentioned? Yeah, it does change it just a little bit because when people struggle with a health condition, there are going to be days when you don't feel like talking about it, and yet you're having an effect. Like maybe you feel kind of depressed or you're anxious about something in addition to being tired or achy, and you really don't want to talk about it. And the other person is going to be affected by that, by your energy and what you're bringing. What would be helpful to be able to say is, I'm not having a really good day. I'm feeling achy and tired, and I just want to go off in a corner or read my book or go to bed, or I want to talk about something else. And hopefully the other person will respect that and give you your space. But being able to say that, and that can be really hard to do, but that's one thing I really encourage. So MPF uses the term care partner a lot. So from your perspective, who is a care partner? Is it always a spouse or a partner? I think it's usually the spouse or partner, but if it's a child, obviously that'd probably be a parent. I think other people may be considered care partners, maybe to a lesser degree or a smaller role as a care partner. That could be a friend or another family member, but somebody who is kind of uh, watching out for you and you can talk to about what's going on, somebody who might be able to go with you to a doctor's appointment or transport you if you like, you know, if you've got light therapy three days a week, you might need help with transportation. And that might be somebody who, who can help you out in those ways, instrumental ways. Could be a teacher, uh, could be your coach or psychologist or other therapist. And those people are going to be really important for the emotional aspects of the disease. And I think people who are supporting in an emotional way are just as important as the people who might be supporting by helping with med management or transportation to medical appointments or talking to doctors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So uh, what do you envision is the appropriate role or type of support that a care partner provides for someone with psoriasis? Maybe give us some do's and don'ts. Well, I have a do and a don't. <laughs> and the first big is do listen to what the person is telling you. And I, I did reference that earlier. But if you're the care partner, hopefully you know them well enough to know that they might not be saying something that that you know is there. And so then you can ask as a care partner. So you, So sometimes listening is more than just with words. It's also just paying attention to the other person and what their normal rhythms are and if if this isn't their normal rhythm or it's you know this is their normal I'm not feeling well rhythm ask them about it and it's it's a way of listening and paying attention and then if they are not willing to talk about it if they set up a boundary that says you know now's not a good time then then the don't is don't push that too hard you you really want to be respectful that gets a little harder with children because with children, the parents really are managing them and have to get the kids to do things they don't necessarily want to do. But there are things that a parent can do to respect that boundary also. And so I'd encourage any parents 
who are dealing with children who have psoriasis to pay attention to if a child is trying to set a boundary, what does that mean and how can they possibly accommodate that while still taking care of the child? And so outside of just a care partner, how important is a support network and who's generally in a network? I think a support network is really important for just about anybody. And I think the answer to that question really depends more on the kind of person that the target person is. So if they're a introverted, more guarded or reserved person, they only may need a couple of people to know what's going on with them. But if they're more extroverted or they're more gregarious and they share more about their life, then they may have almost all their friends involved. And you'd want both your uh, family members, if possible, as well as romantic partners and friends that might extend to neighbors if they're your friends. But we can see sort of um, concentric circles where as you get further out, they may not know as much. Did that make sense? Did that make sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that makes yeah. sense. As many people as you feel comfortable having in your network. But I really recommend being able to have a few people that you share with. Yeah, that makes sense. Don't make yourself uncomfortable just trying to fill up your network. Right, right. So managing a chronic health condition such as psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis can be really hard, especially when symptoms may include pain or fatigue, like you mentioned earlier. The type of support provided may change with flares of the disease. Uh, What tips can you offer care partners to help cope with the changing nature of this disease? I think coming from the care partner's perspective, it's kind of hard because you don't have the disease necessarily, or at least you aren't experiencing what the person is experiencing in that moment. And so, of course, you're going to want to dive in and try to figure out what's going on to help your person feel better. And sometimes that's the right thing to do, and sometimes it's not the right thing to do. What you don't want to get into is a situation of giving them a lot of unwanted advice because nobody really likes unwanted advice. And what I what I think is, is kind of a tough, tightrope to walk here is you want to push but not too hard. And we tend to skip over one of the really important steps of listening to somebody when they're talking about what's going on with them. So what happens is, is we jump right to solving the problem. And most of the time what people want to hear is that you understand how they feel about the problem before they talk about solving the problem. And so I encourage care partners to take a step back and ask follow-up questions about what the person is feeling and experiencing in that moment rather than jumping in with unwanted advice. When you're ready to give advice, you might ask the person, are you ready for some advice or do you want to figure out how to solve the problem? And then if they say yes, proceed so that you're not jumping in there and trying to solve the problem and making the person feel like you just want the problem to go away and you don't care about understanding them. That's a really important point. I even do that. I'm like, oh, I want to fix this, right? Like that's what they need. Maybe that's not what they need. (laughs) Right? But it, it feels like they... That's what they need because they just presented a problem. And so it feels like, oh, well, we want to fix the problem and you'll feel better. And we miss that step of finding out how they really feel about it and if they want some help fixing it. So from the perspective of the person who has psoriatic disease, 
what can be said to a well-meaning care partner who's trying to give unwanted advice, which may or may not be correct? How important is knowledge about the disease? I think knowing about the disease is important because you need some sort of baseline information about what's happening to ask the follow-up questions about what's going on specifically with the person. And so you have to know both about the disease and about how the disease manifests and affects the person that you're talking to or caring for. I would encourage the care partner to tune into the fact that if you're giving unwanted advice and the person you're trying to help doesn't seem to want your help or is getting irritated by what you're saying and you don't understand why to take a step back and see if what you just did was give unwanted advice. And if you did, the best remedy for that is to follow a two-step process of asking how the person is feeling and then once they've expressed themselves, ask if they want advice. And if you if you get their buy-in on that, then you can give them the advice, but don't do it unless they want it. Because mm-hmm. an adult will generally already know what to do. Yeah, it kind of creates that um, parent-child relationship rather than a spouse or partner. Yeah, if you're trying to tell them what to do, exactly. And nobody likes to be told what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've touched on this a little bit, but would it be helpful for a care partner to check in on and off to see if he or she is providing the right amount of support? Yeah, I I think this is such a good question because, um, yes, definitely check in. And when you do, be open for the idea that you might hear something that you did that wasn't helpful, which sometimes can be hard to hear. And if you don't ask the question, the other person's not going to bring it up because it's hard to say, right? So it's really good to ask that question and then um, be willing to hear things that are hard to hear but say okay and ask how maybe you could do better the next time and then if you ask how you could do better the next time your person will tell you what they need and then you know the answer (laughs) and you don't have to wonder anymore so I think that's a really good approach yeah sometimes I think we assume too much like oh it's probably fine without actually asking yeah I think you're right. So life as a care partner can be challenging. How important is self-care? I think self-care is important for everyone. And as a care partner, you have a particular responsibility to know where you're at so that you know what kind of help you can provide. Unless it's an emergency, it's not really good to try to push through and not acknowledge when you're struggling or when you when you're dealing with your own issues. I like to use a a particular acronym that actually comes out of the AA meetings. It's called HALT. And HALT stands for hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, which might be good for both parties, both the patient and the care partner to keep in mind. But if you're physically depleted, if you're emotionally upset about something, that's the angry part. If you're feeling lonely or disconnected, or if you're tired or having another physical issue, you're probably not going to be in a great place to be helpful. And if that's the case, you need to take care of yourself before you take care of the person, your person, unless it's an emergency. But you need to be able to say, hey, look, I want to help you. Right now I need to get dinner, so I'll be better able 
after I've had something to eat. Is that okay? Um, or come talk to me while I eat dinner. <laughs> but know that you need to have your needs taken care of too. I know at our house we have a sign that says, I'm sorry for what I said when I was hungry. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> so what are some communication tips you can offer for both the person who has psoriatic disease and the care partner? I think it's important. I've got three tips here. And for both the person and the care partner, I suggest that you listen intently. And what you want to be able to do is ask a follow-up question. And if you can ask a follow-up question, that's a good indication that you listened. So the second thing I, I really encourage people to do is not to blame the other person for their feelings. So you're listening, your partner's telling you something, and it's upsetting you. Well, okay, sure, you got upset in the context of this conversation, but that upsetness is your responsibility. So you want to own that and not put that back on your partner. That keeps any potentially negative conversations from escalating their emotional tone, right? And I have some tricks where you can take a deep breath, count to five, say, hold on a minute, maybe leave the room, excuse yourself to go to the bathroom. You can do a whole bunch of stuff if you're starting to get keyed up, but not to blame the other person for how you're feeling. You may need to explain how you're feeling, but but you're not going to say it's the other person's fault. And then, like I've mentioned earlier, if you want to make a suggestion, get permission to do so before you do that so that you're not giving unwanted advice. So with my husband, I notice when he's feeling depression from the disease or really fatigued, there's this tension of him feeling a lot of guilt. And then on my side as a care partner, feeling overwhelmed, having to take on those extra tasks. How do you reconcile that? Oh, that's great. So he's feeling guilty for not being able to help. And you're feeling like you've got a lot more to do and it's hard to get everything done. I think it's important because you aren't always in that dynamic to have a conversation about that dynamic when you're otherwise calm or things are going well so that you both acknowledge that the, that that's the pattern. And then you could become kind of playful about it because it's such a heavy pattern. You know, you could give it a name and refer to it later. So when it show, when you're feeling overwhelmed and you can tell he's not able to engage as much you could say oh well there it is again <laughs> you know and then you both know what you're talking about just being able to acknowledge it and then go on I, I think sometimes can take some of the pressure off yeah and seeing the challenges the challenge not the person yeah yeah because you know that he does the best he can and maybe today the best isn't as much as it was yesterday or last week and you're doing the best you can yeah that's great I love that so what if someone is new to a relationship? How do they know when to open up and just how much information to provide about psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis? This is always a bit of a tricky question. And a lot of thing, a lot of times I think it depends on the person's comfortableness with their disease and where the disease is located and how it manifests itself. So first of all, I think you need to be comfortable sharing. And so you want to gauge the person. I'm imagining a dating scenario. You met somebody online and you're going out on, a, this is the first handful of dates, right? So you want to gauge the person and how much are they 
paying attention, listening to you, or are they only just talking about themselves, right? And how comfortable are you sharing? And once you feel comfortable, I would say you want to share just a little bit and see what the person says in response. If they ask questions, if they seem interested, share more. If they don't seem interested, well, you know, if this is the first few dates, it's maybe time to move on to somebody else. You may want to give them permission to ask questions because sometimes people are reluctant to pry, especially early on. And so if you give them permission and they still don't ask a lot of questions, then you might want to move on from there. But regardless of when you decide to start sharing, I do encourage you to share as soon as you feel comfortable doing so. Because the earlier, the better, um, just within the course of learning about somebody. That's a good thing to put out there up front. Yeah, that makes sense because you really fall for somebody and then that's a make or break for them. That would be even more hurtful. Yeah, exactly. It's as much about taking care of yourself as figuring out whether or not this is a good person for you, right? So in closing, what's the best advice you can pass along to the person who has psoriasis or psoriatic arthritis and their loved ones? I would suggest that because relationships are really hard, I mean, they're the hardest thing you can ever do, I think. And even the best relationships can be hard, and sometimes they're even the hardest for a lot of reasons. And we are all bringing our own issues to the relationship. And my issues are different than your issues. And so at the end of the day, the most important thing to do is to be truthful and be kind. That it's, it's hard to talk about things, it's hard to hear things and, and know that. And if you tell your truth in a kind way, be truthful. <laughs> it's going to go a long way towards trust. And that's really the foundation of a relationship. I love that. Framing out you, know, the care partner might not have a disease, but they have their own issues as well. And so that really can lead to more compassion and empathy. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I think that you've given us so much great information that's so inspiring. And um, I think people with psoriatic arthritis and psoriasis and their loved ones are really going to benefit from this. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Having a trusted partner in your corner can help you face the ups and downs of managing psoriasis and or psoriatic arthritis. If you are in need of a relationship and life coach, check the International Coaching Federation at coachfederation.org for options near you. You can also request a free booklet, Psoriasis and Psoriatic Arthritis Care Partners, a guide for friends and family, to help you and your loved ones gain a better understanding of how to support each other and what it means to live with psoriatic disease. To request this free booklet, contact the MPF's Patient Navigation Center at education at psoriasis.org or by calling 1-800-723-9166, option 1. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Sound Bites for people with psoriasis and psoriatic arthritis. If you or someone you love has ever struggled with psoriatic disease, our hope is that through this series, you'll gain information to help you lead a healthier life and inspire you to look to the future. Please join us in a couple weeks for another inspiring podcast. You can find this or all future episodes of Sound Bites on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and the National Psoriasis Foundation webpage. To learn more about this topic or others, please visit psoriasis.org 
or contact us with your questions or comments by email at podcast at psoriasis.org.